Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. We have a fun show planned for you, but before we get into any of that, please remember to like and comment and subscribe and share the podcast with all of your friends and family members, and this week's uh, weekly listener is... Tell someone that works on the railroad. <laughs> what the fuck? A railroad worker. This explains the low numbers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, we have a fun show planned for you. <laughs> Back to Luke real quick, just to let the good people know, you know, what's uh, going on. This choo-choo, guys. Uh, we have music news like every week. Stay informed. Then we are going to cover the musical year that was 2016, and we are going to tell you what our favorite albums were from 2016. Then we have brand new music reviews from Mona Skin. The album is called Rush. Rush explanation point and then we are going to cover the new album by mark demaco right demaco demaco mac demarco mac demarco, oh. mac DeMarco. i said so wrong he's been saying it wrong all week mark demico it just gets it i've been saying it wrong too i can't it jumbles even. in it's my brain twister. alex give us the name and the album five easy hot dogs thank you we thank are going you. to review Delicious. those albums for you i will say both of their names right alex roll that <laughs> Theme music, please. I should have added extra hot dog to my dinner. I ate four easy hot dogs. (laughs) I'm going to say, Moleskin was the band I thought I was going to mispronounce. (laughs) And Mac DeMarco was the easy one. And I completely nailed the first one, bombed the second one. That's okay. What are you going to do? Names are hard. Names are really hard. Uh, this Hello, is music everyone. news. This is music news. Luke, do you have, do you have anything queued up? I have yes. some, I have something queued up. Uh, well, I, I just have one. Oh, okay. Jeffrey, lead us in, please. Yeah, lead us in, Jeffrey. Um, R.I.P. David Crosby. Oh, yeah. Died this past week. The Cros. Uh, 81 years old. Uh, one of the members of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, a great American songwriter. Uh, what more do we need to say? Shout out to the birds. Yeah. I, David Crosby is... Like a giant yeah. American oh, musical sure, figure, um, one of my favorite bands of the '60s. He yeah. was in many, uh, g- like '60s, '70s, important, and uh, had a great late year, late years renaissance. Yeah, uh, he made like five albums in the last five years, and he made like one solo album in like the mm. thirty years before that. So, mm. uh, yeah, David Crosby, man, big loss, great yeah. mustache. How about any any outstanding tracks? I- I'll recommend a track he did. Um, maybe like seven years ago with the jazz group Snarky Puppy, he was part of their Family Dinner Volume 2 series, and he sang a song called Somebody Home, I believe, mm. um, and a beautiful, like, simple hymn strumming folksy guitar and singing, and a very lush, uh, minimal, like, supporting sound from the large jazz band. Nice. Mm. I'm gonna go almost cut my hair from mm. the first or yeah, from the first mm. Crosby Stills Nash Young record. One of my favorite uh protest songs about cutting your hair, David Crosby, getting real with it. And then uh I'm gonna go with the left out uh birds track triad about uh thruppling, which is uh mm. a classic David Crosby song. So check those two out. 
Uh, I am not a huge David Crosby fan. This guy full, over here. Dis- full disclosure. Wow. However, there's a great performance with David Crosby and Graham Nash. They mm-hmm. come in and they sing with David Gilmour when David Gilmour was doing his On an Island tour. The se- there's an album that's uh, live in Gdansk sure. um, that was really popular, but this was at the Royal Albert Hall in England. It was, uh, it was really good, man. They come, mm-hmm. they do some backup vocals with David Gilmour. Sounds great. Also, shout out mm-hmm. to David Crosby. For being in one of my my favorite movies of all time, Hook, he's, oh, the, pirate. Yes, he's the pirate that screams, help me, daddy, at the children. And then he gets a, a plank smashed into his nuts. Yes. And he yes. goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so shout out. Guys in that. <laughs> shout out to, uh, to <laughs> <Daddy>. Hook. <laughs> right? A master harmon- harmonicist. Harm- harmonicist. Harmonist. Uh, great at harmonies and uh, a master thespian as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rest in peace to the Kraz. Yeah, gonna miss that Twitter. Account. Yeah, uh, oh. his second favorite album of all time. His really? first favorite album, Asia by Steely Dan. <laughs> Rock on Kraz. Rock on Kraz. Uh, Luke, do you have some music news lined up? I do. We've been railing against Ticketmaster here at Get in the Garage for the past, like you Rightfully know, so. year. Um, obviously we covered the, uh, Taylor Swift fiasco that had happened with Ticketmaster. Um, there was a Senate hearing this week where senators rallied, uh, around the idea that Ticketmaster was a monopoly, mostly the Democratic, uh, senators. Uh, Amy Klobuchar was one that made comment and, uh, Dick Blumenthal. Big Dick. Uh, Big from dick. Connecticut. <laughs> Represent. Uh, Swing low, sweet cherry. Also had uh, something to say. Uh, Alex, if you could play that video, hopefully we will hear it in our headphones, and I will put it up for all of you to hear. Ticketmaster had the temerity. Quotes Taylor Swift. To imply that the debacle involved in pre-ticket sales was Taylor Swift's fault because she was failing to do too many concerts. And may I suggest respectfully that Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror and say... I'm the problem. It's me. I knew you were trouble so. when you walked in. <laughs> he, just, he just starts quoting every Taylor Swift song ever. So um, uh, most people reputation. in the room did not get the joke. As you can hear, there were minimal laughs from the uh, Senate hearing. Um, sounded like most yeah. of uh, the females in there did laugh. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Dick Blumenthal tried to, uh, you know, make a clippable thing it was it went around i don't know if it really made like a big big splash but um it's uh going somewhere there was also uh the ceo of StubHub was invited in to talk at these hearings and they kind of went back and forth uh StubHub says that live nation ticketmaster is a monopoly and uh obviously ticketmaster says that what StubHub is doing the reselling of tickets is the real problem here so um i'm gonna guess that nothing's gonna happen from this but we will see <laughs> ticketmaster's so, like the mob boss and StubHub is like a loan shark yeah. he's like hey man i'm on a cut of this yeah right <laughs> so that's what was going on they were kind of doing that in front of um the the government the senators and We'll see what happens from it. Um, knowing the government that I live under, probably nothing. So uh, yeah. we will keep you informed. That is uh, your ticket. The fees master. are going to go up now. Yeah. Uh, you bet. Oh, the fees are going to skyrocket. You got to pay for the goddamn lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have some music news. Not to bring it, I guess, sort of to a negative, potentially negative thing. But uh, Bring so us on down there, bud. Two German festivals have dropped Pantera from lineups and other artists 
express concern. So Pantera is not really Pantera. It's kind of like Pantera Light. You have Phil Anselmo on uh, vocals, and then you have Rex. I can't remember his last name. Brown. I think it's Brown, right? Correct. On bass, uh, Zach Wilde filling in on dr- on the guitar, and then the drummer is the dude from Anthrax, whose name also escapes me at Randy the Bluth. Charlie Benante. Charlie Benante, thank you. So, um, you know, there were some concerns that were expressed mm-hmm. because in 2016, Phil Anselmo screamed white power and did a Nazi salute on stage. And uh, I, you know, I mean, the Germans kind of are like, hey, man, <laughs> we're good with all that. <laughs> we, we don't want any part of that. Um, and it's like for obvious reasons. So they're like, you know, do we really have to say like, so staunchly, we have to spell it out for you, man. Since World War Two, Germany has taken a very uh, anti-Nazi stance for obvious reasons. And yeah will not touch anything like that with, like, a 10-foot pole. Um, I don't really blame them. That band kind of has that connotation around them, and they really haven't done a whole lot, in my opinion, to squash those connotations. Am I alone in this opinion? What do you guys think? Because I think Pantera, and I know they're not... Not everybody that likes Pantera is associated with that. Obviously, I like Pantera. Yeah, right. But um, I also think that that band has some self-issues with how they represent themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're like the Texas guys. You know what I mean? They sport the rebel flag. Like, it's, you know, there's... Kind of things that are happening where you're like, eh, well, you did kinda... you did all the signs beforehand, and then you screamed white power during the Trump election. So, um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't agree with their viewpoint, but also it's like they're a rock band, man. They're not like politicians. They're not heroes. They're so, yeah, so agreed. Don't book them if you don't want to book them. Book them if you want to book them. That's how I feel. The likelihood this dude's gonna say something like that again, I would say probably minimal. Yeah, could it happen? I guess I don't know. Right. So who's to say? I don't know. They're on deck to open up for Metallica on a couple stadium dates, and then they're doing like random festivals and kind of doing like a tour themselves and stuff like that. You know, so we'll see. I don't think that this was with Metallica. The stuff in uh, no, that was it, planned for, for it looked Germany, like kind but... of solo y festival dates. Yeah, right, right. So you know, I mean, who knows? Who knows? But I saw it, and I was you know kind of like, well, I don't know. Well, bummer. Hopefully, he doesn't really feel that way, and uh, hopefully, yeah. you know. Yeah, he, he claimed it was a joke, and you know being satirical and all that but we yeah. really would you know but also you hope, you hope. <sighs> weird thing to scream in front of a group of people yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> so fire in a crowded theater there, i'm that, joking that's kind of yeah, what, right. what that is right um in other musical news yep. justin bieber oh, sold his catalog justice bieber uh <laughs> thank you to uh Hypnosis, right? The uh, musical group uh, mm. that is buying up all the publishing lately. Uh, Justin Bieber sold his for two hundred million. Um, I like fact check that Bruce Springsteen <laughs> one. That was like five hundred fifty million. They said that was that was what that was, oh, wow. which was pretty crazy. Uh, Bieber at two hundred million, pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way to be going right now, uh, but everybody seems to be selling, or Taylor Swift is doing the opposite. But uh, yeah, so that is. The news in that. Well, and also Justin Bieber, it's, I forget the number. I'm not going to look it up, but if Alex wants to, you can. Uh, I thought it was like 270 songs are in that catalog. So that's like just under a million dollars a song, which is like incredible. That's not nothing. So, oh, it was a great price. And now that everything in the music industry is moving to your music is a billion streams equals $15. It's like, might as well get the money there because he's going to still sell merchandise. 
et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. like getting money from album sales just is that's not the world we're ever gonna live in again, I don't think. The only people who have yeah. done it who have done it in the last decade are like fully independent people like Chance the Rapper who like doesn't sign to a label. Yes, Alex. Two hundred ninety. Okay. So, so two hundred million for two hundred and ninety songs. Really great price tag. It's like yeah. Uh make that mine. Jeff, I uh agree with your sentiments and you added a great color of context to that. So yeah. like I really agree. Like the new the way musical the way to make money in this new form stay viable is get your money there. Yeah. You know, get your merch money, get your tour money and you know, you're not really making money off the streaming album sales anyway. Yeah. So that he was... makes money off they make money off of being famous now, pop people. Right. Like right. from showing up to events and being a photographed and endorsing shit with a hashtag ad on your Instagram page and all that stuff. Yeah, because I forget what it was, but I thought it was like, I thought it was like literally like 3 million equals $10. Like 3 million plays equals $10 to the artist or something. It's like something crazy. <laughs> How crazy is that though? Yeah. My God, man. Do you guys want to do Jeez. something fun? Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. So, Guy Fieri turned 55. <laughs> Noted musician. Yeah. Noted musician and rock icon. <laughs> um, Frost, the lead yeah. singer of Smash Mouth. <laughs> yes. Guy Fieri is a, uh, you know, food wizard. He is <laughs> Triple D champion. He is down for any good time. And my boy Sammy Hagar played his birthday oh. and played I Can't Drive 55, 55. for Guy Fieri's 55th birthday. Oh. Apropos. Play Come that on. clip. Two Everyone's going to hear it. Man. <laughs> play the clip, Alex. We're going to listen to it. Your brother from another mother. <laughs> we, can't, <laughs> we can't play it on the podcast because we don't own the rights to the song. Oh, is this going through our headphones? No, it's not. So that is them singing I Can't Drive 55, which yeah, is I awesome. I don't think it's recording, so you can play it. Yeah. I'm, su I'm surprised neither of them is wearing a set of, of sunglasses behind their head. <laughs> oh, right? Is Sammy oh, no. I think Guy Fieri has them on. <laughs> Sammy Hagar is wearing sunglasses on his forehead. <laughs> they look like bizarro world versions of each other. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they're staring into a mirror. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like they could play each other in a biopic. <laughs> yeah, right. So, right. That's fried food and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play that for you because uh, I... Tequila drenched G triple cheeseburger. <laughs> That's it, man. I enjoy a man that supports his local restaurants and businesses, and I also support uh, Cabo Wabo. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> is Sammy Hagar... I mean, like... Yeah, he's like the Jimmy Buffett from the 80s. Oh, my God. Yes. People love Jimmy Buffett. They are yeah. so down with his, like, party lifestyle. Yeah. He had that band Chicken Foot a couple years yeah. ago with all the rock stars. He's... Well, you know, it's that His people, episode of MTV Cribs. Yeah, it's where like, all he talks about is the tequila the it's whole the, time. It's the people who are just like, man, Mark son and fun and like cholesterol. Fuck that. My doctor's an idiot. Like, it's those kind of people love that kind yeah. of music. He's the rock and roll love Jimmy it. Buffett. Yeah. I love it. So, uh, rock on, Sammy Hagar. Happy birthday to Guy Fieri. Um, happy birthday, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Triple D, baby. You got anything <laughs> else? Uh, well, we're kind of running out of time for music news, but I can hit hit a couple of headlines real quick. Just rapid fire. Rapid fire. Us. Okay, Panic at the Disco is calling it quits. One guy broke up a band. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. He looked in the mirror. He said, I think we need to go our separate ways. <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> um, up next, Madonna biopic has been scrapped. 
Because Madonna, instead of directing her own biopic, decided she wants to just devote her time on whatever the fuck Madonna's been doing lately. Watch her last episode. Like, she had to direct that kitchen table, man. It yo, was crazy. I watched that video. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so insane. Yeah, right. Uh, and then there will be an all-star lineup for Willie Nelson's 90th birthday, including Snoop Dogg, Neil Young. I have a couple of... Uh, the guest list includes Snoop Dogg, Beck, Sturgill Simpson, The Chicks, Leon Bridges, Casey Musgraves, Margot Price, Miranda Lambert, Chris Stapleton, Tyler Childress, Orville Peck, Roseanne Cash, Cheryl Crow, Bobby Weir, Nora Jones, Tom Jones, Ziggy Marley, Billy Strings, Lyle Lovett, Eddie Bricka, Brickell, and Willie's son, Lucas Nelson, among many others. There's more others. Yo, Tom Jones. I got one more before we leave. All right, hit it. Okay, Post Food sues OK Go over rights to use band names for instant cereal, also called OK Go. <laughs> <laughs> the band uh, order in the court. The band had news. been trying to sue Post Cereal for like the past year over this name, and Post Cereal got so sick of them that they sued OK Go for the right to the name to name their cereal. Okay, go. So uh, look that up. Crazy uh, treadmills. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. This has been music news. Music news. All right. Onward we go. We have a recurring segment that's been happening lately that uh, Alex will pick a year, kind of out of a hat sort of thing, and then uh, we'll tell you about our favorite albums from that year. So what's this year, Alex? This year is the year 2016, a very recent year, which is uh, a little bit different for us. We've gone, you know, 2000 and um, some later 90s years so far but mm-hmm. 2016 was a kind of wild card pick jeff said we should pick something a little bit higher and i pulled out 2016 recently. where were you in 2016 alex graduating high school oh. big year for me big year for big me year. one of my favorite albums of all time actually came out this year um so it was a it was a really interesting cool. year for me and mm-hmm. it is noted as a big turning point in a lot of people's lives 2016 that is yeah big so meme culture Hmm. Yes, meme culture. I uh, usually give you like a rundown of the musical year with dates and all of that, but 2016 was pretty recent, and we haven't really culturally looked that far back yet as we seem to still be twisting from the year that was 2016. So I'm going to give you a quick little like monologue piece here of what 2016 was like, perhaps a okay. flavor, and then we will get into it. Uh 2016 was the year that went off the rails, uh, and I'm going to start with Beyonce releasing Lemonade. It was the year of Batman versus Superman. It was the year that Hamilton exploded on Broadway. Mm. Frank Ocean dropped an album that year. Kanye West released Life of Pablo and then kept releasing it for the entire year. Vine got shut down that year, right? R.I.P. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Vine. Oh, that was going to get you guys hard. Old Men. That was a weird thing to say. Old men <laughs> got up and rocked one last time, but they keep rocking. Uh, at Desert Festival, that was the classic rock fest with Paul McCartney, Neil Young, and the Rolling Stones. Remember that happened that year? Um, Coldplay, Bruno Mars, and Beyonce played the halftime Super Bowl show. People didn't like Beyonce and the way she danced. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Kanye had major beef with Taylor Swift. Uh, Drake released his iconic, memeable album, Views. Uh, Beyonce also released Lemonade. It was the year of Harambe. Rest in peace. That was what it was like. (laughs) That's what it was. Right. 
Okay, so this was also the year everybody got super, super political. Everybody got political, musicians. Uh, Facebook went crazy. If you remember, that was the year that everybody's mother and father and aunt and uncle learned Finally to... joined Facebook. Yeah. And uh, it was the year of political disinformation on Facebook. I don't know if anybody remembers what it was like then, but it was absolutely insanity. So that's what we were living to, uh, living through. A lot of change.org position. Uh, Petitions, things of that nature. Remember, sign a lot change dot org position uh, position petitions in 2016. Mm-hmm. I definitely did. They were going around like crazy. Um, <laughs> and then the year started off with David Bowie dying in early January, um, and the year really toned out from there. We had Prince's death in April, and then George Michael died on Christmas Day that year. Uh, and it was really a year of what seemed like chaos in the culture big celebrity deaths and mourning um and culturally we were uh all about getting real political so yeah that was two, 2016 now i have a question did i sum that up okay uh, i think so where was lincoln park in 2016 <sighs> that's what the world needs this was the first oh. Was, that wasn't that year, was it? I don't know. Oh. It might have been that. No, that would, I think that might have been later. Oh. But um, so this was the first musical year that I did not mention Linkin Park, and they were not in the news. But um, <laughs> did I sum that up okay? Because that was, I think that was so. the hardest one for yeah. me to sum up so far. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you guys want your top tens? Yeah, hit us with the top tens real quick. Okay. <clears throat> t- this I got because we are in top the uh, streaming age yeah, now. Fully. This is the first year we've done into the full streaming age. So um, I have... Top-selling albums globally. Um, this is physical and digital. So this is all around the world. I couldn't get one for, just for the U.S. So mm-hmm. number one was Beyonce's Lemonade with 2.5 million. Um, Adele, 25, was second. Drake Views was third. We have Metallica at fourth with Hardwired to Self-Destruct. David Bowie at number five with Black Star. Rolling mm. Stones with Blue and Lonesome at number six. Seven was Bruno Mars, 24 Karat Magic. Eight was mm. 21 Pilots. Blurry Face, nine, Cold Places, uh, Cold Play, Head Full of Dreams. And 10 was the Pentatonics at uh, Pentatonic Christmas. Whoa. So, right, that was 2016. Remember those videos going around like nuts? Um, and then we have your top singles for the year. Number one, <laughs> Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. Uh, Sorry by Justin Bieber is at number two. Dang. Number three is One Dance, Drake featuring uh, Wizkid. Uh, Work by Rihanna and Drake. Uh, Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. Panda by... Ooh. Designer. Thank you. Um, at number seven, we have Hello by Adele. Number eight, Don't Let Me Down by The Chainsmokers. Um, nine was Can't... Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. And 10 was Closer by The Chainsmokers featuring Halsey. So that was what your year 2016 looked like. Um, A bit more modern, a bit more hard to grasp what like the flavor was. But um, we're still, I feel like whatever we're going through now culturally was definitely birthed in 2016 or came to full fruition in 2016 yeah it certainly came to and uh, uh, yeah. i feel like we're still spinning from that said year what do you guys think about albums from that year alex let's start with you what was your favorite album from 2016 Ooh. the year you graduated high school mm. so big year from yeah. a boy to a man so actually 2016 when i graduated high school was when mikey got me into record collecting okay 
And that actually oh, yeah. had me buy one of my favorite albums, which is Malibu by Anderson Pac. Oh, yeah. Heavy album for an 18-year-old graduating high school, but was just a crazy good album for every every vibe, in my opinion. I, I really enjoy it. It is... um, How many tracks? It is a 16-track album, um, just over 60 minutes, and has some of his top songs, uh, other than the ones he did with Mac Miller a little bit later in his recent career but um these were produced i think alongside of uh dj premier had a couple things on here as well mm. um but it really is just uh, such a good album from like the bird um to am i wrong and then come down which is one of the top songs on that album which i really enjoy mm. um so overall that is just and this was this was like an album that was in a string of albums he made about California or like named after California locations. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where in that run this was? Was this like the last of that three or four, whatever it was? Oxnard was one. It's second. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Because it goes Venice, Malibu, Oxnard. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Interesting. Right. Yeah. His Tiny Desk show is absolutely incredible. Which was released mm. not long after that album came out. It yeah. has features featuring uh, songs from that songs yeah. from that album. Yeah, I highly recommend that if you've never listened to Anderson Pac before. I mean, that's a good launch pad cuz yeah, that's, that's how a, I heard of him. That's how I heard him. And yeah. I love the way that Tiny Desk everything is, I'm sorry, dialed back and kind of like lower and all that stuff, you know what I mean? So it's you get a real genuine sound to the uh to the musicians that play. Yeah, very very cool. Great pick. Yeah, good Alex. album. I listened to that when it came out in 2016. Yeah. Yes. And like it's so very interesting to see someone that just 6 7 years ago was yeah. like under the radar, kind of like in the music magazines, but not like blown up. And now he is like huge, he did, huge. Especially with the Bruno Mars right. thing he did too that was yeah, impressive. Silk Sonic. Um, phenomenal yeah. album. Yes, very cool. Yeah, Malibu. And that was like the Good the birth choice. of all that. So very mm. very cool. Yes, Jeffrey, where were you and what were you listening to? Um, uh, twenty sixteen, I was living in Chicago, and uh, there were a number of albums that were very important to me that year that came out. Um, this was like a year of lots of honorable mentions. Um, so I'll just throw some out there that were ones that I really enjoyed. Um. If my phone unlocks, uh, Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill Simpson. I think that's his third full length. Uh, 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Untitled Unmastered by Kendrick Lamar, which is kind of like the B sides from To Pimp a Butterfly. Anti by Rihanna. 22 A Million by Boney Vare. Um, the second 1975 album, I like it when you sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Life of Pablo yep. um, was my runner up. Uh, and but my number one is Blonde by Frank Ocean, mm. which uh came out in the fall like 2016. I listened to Life of Pablo the entire year because that came out, um, I think February 15th ish. Um, and I got a title subscription just so I could listen to that album. Like, I did the free demo of title and I listened to that for the whole year. Um, but then in the fall, when Frank Ocean dropped Blonde, that became like the soundtrack for my next like two or three years. Like it was an, it became an album that I would like listen to in full, like once every two or three days. Phenomenal. Great album yeah. release August 20th. You're right. Like right mm. on the cusp of that, like fall break and yeah. like an album that changed your life. Right. Yeah. This was like, I mean, I loved uh, nostalgia ultra, the mixtape that, 
Frank Ocean released in like maybe like 2010. I really love Channel Orange. Um, we reviewed. I thought didn't we listen to that and talk about that at one point? Yes, Channel we did. Orange. Yeah. Right? P- possibly. I think we did Blonde, to be honest with you. We oh, did. maybe we did do Blonde. I don't know. I, I don't remember I know, talking about remember. Blonde for this podcast. We definitely did a Frank Ocean album yeah. at one point, but I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I can't I Bl- can't quite but, remember. So Blonde is like weirder, and it's more like journalistic, diary type of songwriting. It's stranger, because Channel Orange is... Pr- more conventional um, hip hop influence, hip hop inflected R and B music, um, but Blonde is like this sprawling, like autobiographical, like really opened up album. Um, includes some of my favorite songs that he's ever made, and uh, I'm not even gonna like name them because it's like pretty much. I think it's like a 20 track album, and like 16, 17 of the songs are like perfect 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 songs mm. in my opinion um but this was an album i listened to a lot headphones riding my bike around um the streets of chicago and uh yeah this is like this is the album of possibly the album of the decade for me is blonde by frank ocean when you were in chicago we actually had a facetime call that i want to remind you guys about sitting at luke's table in his old house and I have a picture of us on uh, my old camera that I looked at the other day of Jeff eating a giant slice of pizza and Mikey and Luke laughing while on FaceTime. It's a great capture. Oh, moment. I think I remember this. Yeah, day. that sounds familiar. Vague, if very I, fuzzy, but I remember. I most, of the, most of the most of the FaceTimes I did with Jeffrey was when Jeffrey was eating ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we would we would call you. We'd hang out on Friday, and then we'd yeah. call you and listen yeah. to records yeah. while we talked to you. Twenty sixteen yeah, yeah. was a was a fun time. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was a fun yeah. year and a great soundtrack too for biking through the city. You know, because yeah, so that that had to have been so. Right. You know, it must it. I would imagine that you listen to this while you're biking through the city. It puts this sort of rose colored tint on everything, right. wouldn't it? Like because it just makes it so romantic. And that's like the album came out in twenty sixteen. So I wasn't li- I wasn't living in Chicago I believe when this album dropped but it was like the a year later I moved back to Chicago mm. and that was like it it peaked up again and I started listening to the album more and more and more like I said it was like an album I listened to 2 3 5 times a week for like 3 straight years um yeah it's just like it's crazy yeah. album it's like I don't know. It, like I said, it is possibly my album of the past 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Uh, pick, also, yeah. I think like where R&B is today is that oh, yeah. that record. Yeah. There's a lot. It's come. Mm. Nothing since then, though. 2019 released a single. Uh, yeah, man. We're no, waiting. He's designing jewelry. and Possibly this year. You know, <laughs> writing magazine articles. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I hope, man. I hope. Like. Yeah. We'll see. Michael, we'll see. do you want me to go? You want to go? Um, I can go. All right, let's do it. I can go. So in 2016, I was doing pretty much what I'm doing now, just not a father at the time. So nothing that you're doing now. Doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> I think we were doing hot yoga Wednesday nights or something back Ooh. then. 2016? No, we weren't doing anything. We, we was had... that the year that we went to? Did we go to Greece in 2016? Yes. Yeah, it was the summer of 2016. Uh, okay, so I did something. 2016, pretty... we played music together? I think we were playing uh, a lot of Friday night hangs. Yeah, lots of Friday night hangs at at Luke's old place. 2016 might have actually when I, been when I started hanging out with you guys more. I think it may have been. Yeah. So we didn't go to Greece that year, but we met Jeff in the gym. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Yeah, we reconnected at the gym. That's that's yeah. that was it. That's where I first saw you. Yeah. That yeah, makes, man. That makes sense to me. 
Yeah. We were, getting, we were getting swole. Uh, 2016. Not a year that I went to Greece, but a year that I did go to Vermont, which was our <laughs> our <laughs> extravagant trip. But I, I remember distinctly driving up there, realizing that this album was dropped, finding the nearest strip mall that had a Newberry Comics and... Or not strip mall, but like a mall mall. And uh, going to Newberry Comics and picking it up. That album was Opeth, of course. Mm. Uh, the album is Sorceress. It's their 12th album. This is the third album after their hard left sort of shooting for a prog rock, kind of a classically prog rock sound with Heritage. And then kind of beefing that up a little bit more in Pale Communion. And then a bit more on uh, Sorceress. Yeah, it's got a great album cover. It's like the Peacock and it's like standing on guts and skulls i remember when this came out you were absolutely obsessed with this yes i was absolutely obsessed with it i love it michael uh, eckerfeld is uh the principal songwriter band leader only consistent band member i think since the beginning save for i think mark lopez is his name the bass player i think he's been around the entire time as well uh they also have frederick um i can't remember his last name doesn't matter oh no here it is uh, Frederick Ackerson. Ak- uh, he was the guitar player from Arch Enemy, I think, and then ended up becoming the guitar player on uh, for er, for Opeth. They don't know anything about this record, so it's just me and you guys. No, no. Listen, <laughs> and, listen. I've listened to this album with Mike. This band was a heavy band, had a lot of screaming and double bass in their music, correct? Yeah. And then transitioned into a. a Frog band where this album has almost no screaming on it at all. I have zero, zero. Correct. As far and as I know, the vocalist sings all the vocal lines. I thought this was a really great uh, record from a like band that did make heavy metal music that then transitioned into a different kind of band that still made heavy and soloy and like a uh, proficient uh, kind yeah. of music, but in a different style and allowed them to keep continuing as a band without making the same album year after year after year mm-hmm. all of the ramones or something like that so yep. um or you know even a lot of these metal bands that we talked about last week that kind of get pigeonholed into their genre um yeah. so i think i did well, i appreciate you I, saying that i did listen to you when you talk and this record was uh, a very big moment for the metal genre and i think a lot of people got twisted either one way or the other about it yeah the whole that whole changing of the sound was a huge thing they were in, they were really pretty well commercially successful for when the album blackwater park came out it was just like every goth chick in high school like inevitably had listened to at least one ver you know or one cut from this record you know so they weren't, you know, they weren't nothing. Alex? Yeah. Uh, you had me you had me listen to a lot of Opeth when we were together. Yeah. This is a, this is a fun year for me cuz this is the first year I really had not that I had consciousness, but Yeah, really, but you're like, uh, becoming first, adult coming into yeah, your own. Yeah, of course. We actually listened to a lot of Opeth when you had your Green Ford Ranger. Oh, the Green Ford Ranger. So, uh Rest yeah, man, Never took good care of it. That's I feel like uh the string of albums that you got really into were very much of like what happened with the Arctic Monkeys the past couple of years where they changed right. their sound up and yep. uh, yeah. divided a lot of their fans. So mm-hmm. uh, cool pick, yeah. man. I like Thank that. You. Great Thank album. You. Luke? I will start my introduction by saying that um, 2016, I probably at the time would have told you I have a very open musical taste, but looking back, I do not and i was probably at my musical snobbiest at that time and i'm willing to admit that um i was not the most open-minded i listened to a lot of rock conventional rock music rock bands 
um, and I was letting pop music really fly by me. Now I'm listening to a lot of music that came out then and before. So I will give you what I was pretty much listening to that year. Um, some highlights here. We have uh, an odd entrance and a weird exit from the OCs, the companion albums that came out in the fall of 2016. I'm going to also shout out a record that I gave you two weeks ago that I thought was great, which was post-pop depression. This is Iggy Pop, Josh Hame, um, and Matt Helders, the drummer for Arctic Monkeys together. This is a fantastic record. Iggy Pop's probably best in 30 years. Um, and I'm going to also give you one more shout out. Uh, Paul Simon, Stranger to Stranger, uh, an album me and Jeffrey enjoyed uh, years later. But 2016, this came out, uh, Wristband, uh, a great classic song on that record, Late Day. But I'm going to give you what I was really listening to. I told you I really liked uh, rock music, garage bands, that kind of thing. That's what I was spinning all the time. Um, I have Ty Siegel's Emotional Mugger. Um, Ty Siegel had released before this his uh, classic double album, Manipulator. Um, this is a bit more ragged than that. It's more punky. Uh, King Tuff does some background vocals and guitar on this record. Um, I really, really got into the Ty Siegel sound around this when this came out and got really conscious of who he was then. And started buying all his records, but um, I'd say the performance that really won me over was the KEXP live version of Emotional Mugger, where Ty Siegel is wearing a baby mask oh, it's and drooling. It's so crazy all over the floor. He puts his whole um character on that he usually kind of doesn't do in his live performances and really took on the um man baby child thing this is a concept album it's, uh, yeah there's a picture right there yes he uh this is a concept album kind of about um a love relationship that turns sour between like kind of like uh two out of control people um is a lot of candy references there's a character candy salmon here um highlights on this one are breakfast eggs a song about cooking breakfast eggs um <laughs> there is also a cover on here that is diversion and that's a cover of the equals um Eddie Grant's early band. Um, so there's a great cover even on this record. So, yeah, man, uh, taking Mr. K for a ride. I like all the songs on here. Candy Sam. It's really garagey, really punky, and kind of has a lot to do with, like, the Donald Trumpy um, 2016, like, man-baby election kind of thing. Um, you know, child society kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so check it out. It's really cool. Um, political in not like the obvious way, but like the more fun, silly way. Um, and check out that KEXP performance. It really uh, highlights what the album was for me. Also, if you're interested in Ty Siegel, the way that I got into Ty Siegel was listening to another band that he's a part of called Fuzz. There's, I think, two Fuzz records. Three now. Three now. So give Fuzz a listen too, because that's... The stoner rock the version. The stoner rock version, which is like totally my cup of tea. So, uh, you know, there's one where it's just as fuzz. Well, I don't know the third one, but the two. It's fuzz, fuzz two, fuzz three. There you go. And fuzz two's got a dragon on it. It's a real fun cover. So, there we are. Guys, 2016. That has been it. What a wild ride. <laughs> we have an even wilder ride, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> Music reviews coming Music up next. Music reviews coming up next. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage. We're the music podcast. 
for music lovers. Time for our two new music reviews. I'm going to kick it over to Jeff. Jeff, can you please let us know what the first oh, one yes, is? Oh, yes, I can. Our first new music review released this past Friday. It is the third full-length studio album by the Italian rock band Monaskin. That is spelled M. A with a little O symbol on top. I don't know what they call that letter. N-E-S-K-I-N. Monaskin, which is Danish for Moonlight because their bass player is half Danish and they were coming up with band names and she suggested that word. This is a four-piece, classic lead singer, guitar, bass, drums uh, from Italy, famously won the 2021 Eurovision Song Contest, I believe. Um and the name of the song is Escaping Me, but it's a good song. It is in Italian. Yes. Italian. It is called, it's called, the English translation is, I think it's like Shut Up and Behave. Forget the name of the song. Anyway, third full length album called Rush. This album is 17 tracks long. It is 53 minutes. It is like glam rock, balls to the wall, dancey type of rock and roll music. Zitti e Buono was the name of that song that won the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, this band's music, they are known for the hit song Beggin', which I think came out in like 2020. It might have been 2021, but it was like a big pop song. I'm begging, I'm begging you. Cover of the Four Seasons. Um, so they have some renown here in America. They played SNL uh, almost exactly one year ago. And they were well-received on that show. They are kind of blowing up worldwide. They, I believe they are the most popular band in Europe. And worldwide, they've, you know, do the streaming numbers, whatever. But it's like, I saw something like 40 billion plays worldwide in the past year. Their top song, uh, I mean, the loneliest right now on Spotify has a hundred and fifteen million mm. and Began, the song we were talking about before has over a billion streams right. so they are a very popular band to yeah, say the they least are. <laughs> they're uh, a band that's playing like most of the big festivals and all that kind of stuff they're very much like a fun rock band like you see them on you know music publications and the internet and they're very glammed up like all the guy members wear makeup and um, gender non-conforming outfits their female bass player is like mostly like shirtless with pasties on like playing a huge Dan Electro bass um, they're four young kids I believe they're like between 22 and 25 years old mm -hmm. um, the band was only formed I think six or seven years ago maybe in 2016 and uh, when they were all 15 16 17 years old and this album like in my estimation, I think it's like a step forward in their like pop crossover. Um, I've listened to their first two albums. There's a lot more Italian on their first two albums. This album is 17 tracks, and there's only three songs in Italian. Um, so they're really like trying to make it here in America. What do you guys think about this album? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. This isn't my exact style of modern rock music that I really love but it was an interesting record this is kind of one of those bands that the music industry is trying to get it seems like America to buy into 
at the moment. Um, I'd say like another group like that is Blackpink, um, mm. the K-pop band that we talked about, uh, believe over a month ago. This style of sleazy party rock uh, isn't my favorite thing out there. But there were some things I could jive with on this record. I liked where it got really, really snotty Mm -hmm. on this record and where it got, like, the super, like, sleazy brattiness. Um, Songs that I will shout out with that flavor were uh, Blah Blah Blah, Cool Kids, Mamma Mia. Those kind of songs on here I really liked because it felt like they had the more personality i was into and the lyrical content that felt fresh and new and fun from a rock band that was kind of like being so bratty and um kind of like adolescenty but having fun with it um other spots in the record kind of felt a little more like stale in the more modern rocky feel they were fun and dancey um but i could have used some more like bridges on some certain songs and um my biggest like kind of like contention with this kind of record was um they seem to have this um push pull with like drug use in the media where they were accused of uh the singer was accused of snorting cocaine or some kind of substance before their eurovision uh win where they performed live there was a big controversy he took a drug test and um passed the drug test meaning like he was not on any drugs so there's that whole controversy For that, they kind of were taking the stance of being anti-drug or, like, I don't really care. But for me, the album has a lot of mixed messages about maybe drug use. There was um, at least, like, a couple songs that mentioned uh, explicitly Supermodel, uh, Gossip, Feel, Don't Want to Sleep, Cool Kids, Read Your Diary. Um, All mentioned some kind of, like, drug use. So it was a little confusing on, like, the... Is it sex, drugs, and rock and roll, guys? Or is it kind of like a new version of that where rock and roll bands don't need to rely on the image of sex, drugs, and rock and roll? For me, this played the part of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but they were like a standing back saying, oh, but we don't really participate in all of that. We just sing about that, Um, which made it kind of weird. I kind of would have more liked them to sing about themselves and how they felt about certain situations. And like I said again, um, Cool Kids, after they won that uh, Eurovision Song Cast, that's how they felt. They wrote that song. I got that. Um, blah, blah, blah. They're cocky rock band. I get that. And I love that. Um, it's just on the other things, I felt a little more um, stale. And at 45 minutes long, it was I wanted 53 sorry I wanted a more concise like bratty fast assault and it kind of felt a little long and dancey and they gave you a lot of different kind of flavors there's ballads on there so yeah uh all right I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I didn't really like this record very much and you know I understand what they're trying to do um I feel like when I want to there's other places that I can get this kind of musical fix that's not here you know what i mean and i don't know i couldn't help but sort of feel uh some time ago jeff and i were having a conversation about uh you know a, a a band uh that i had experienced that i didn't really like very much and he used this term called music mcdonald's and i kind of feel like that's what this is for me personally 
there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs that I counted that start or sort of start with hits on the kick drum. And then a distorted bass comes in. I don't need that seven times. They do two. They have a song with Tom Morello where he does the Tom Morello thing, which right on Tom Morello. He does this thing. If he's a feature on your record, that's why you bring Tom Morello on. So he does that thing. They give it to you again, like as a cheap knockoff at uh, the song The Loneliest. I was like, come on, guys. Like, what are you doing? Like, give me something different. There was a solo on a different song. I can't remember which song that was. I wish I wrote it down. That there's the a outro couple. solo. There's a couple. There's a good outro solo. Yeah, there's some. There's some cool stuff. They, you know, you get a little bit of that Jack White, like my amp's about to explode kind of sound thing going on, which that's cool. But I'm like, you basically, you basically took the Seven Nation Army format and wrote f- seven songs to that format, and for me, that just felt a little bit lazy. Uh, Don't want to sleep. That song it has a similar thing. Uh, that Eminem song, Under the Influence, which is kind of a rip on a Michael Jackson song from an album of his in like 2000. Um, but I found that too. I don't know. I did like blah, blah, blah. I also will say, though, that I did like uh, Il Dondo de, de la Vita, that song. I thought that was really cool. I thought some of the softer stuff that I didn't think I was going to like, I found liking more That's than I that like sort too. of like the entire crowd is clapping on tempo at your concert because every single song starts like this. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm maybe I'm being a hater. I don't know. I find that these, this music that is like Euro music is not really my jam anyway. So maybe that's why there's a little bit more of that. You know what I mean? What did you guys think of... Um I wanted to talk about, like, why did you guys think of the all the Italian songs being crammed onto one spot on the record? Because I didn't really like that either. I was like, no. Italian. The, the opera. Yeah, and <laughs> I was just like, no. That was my least favorite part of the record. I'm Thank you, because I'm like, I would have liked this peppered in anywhere. I couldn't listen to an Italian song, an American song, or English song, sorry. Dumb American over here. Back to back. Uh but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can deal with that. And they put them all in one spot being, like, you can only – it's well, right – so for me, I'm, like, the format of, like, you thinking like that, I just want it to be more, like, this is about that. And then speaking of that, uh, what did you guys think about that song that's named after the guy that killed John Lennon on this <laughs> record that is sung in Italian? Italian. Mark Chapman. thought that was a little weird. Let me start off by saying, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, I understand. Jeff, give it I to understand us. what you want, which is songs without bridges, which are songs that are two minutes and fifteen seconds long, which are songs that are pretty much stick to the script and follow the formula. I get it. It's not our generation type of pop music. That's possibly um, the Mark David Chapman song. Uh, named after Mark David Chapman, songs in Italian. All the lyrics are about someone being obsessed with you and stalking you. So I get the. I get connection. it, but did you? Am it's I rock and roll man? It's, am I an old like, man or my? It's like dudes <laughs> wearing wearing fishnet shirts and nipple piercings, and they're being trying to be controversial. I, yeah. I get it. Whatever. Oh, okay. When you put I it like it. that, I get it a little more. But for me, I was like, "Ooh, is that that's weird taste for me?" Yeah. Um, we're old guys, though. We're old, and you yeah. might be right because it. When I read it, I was like, "Oh, that's weird." But at the same time, I get the point in trying to be crass to be crass yeah. uh, to prove your point. So. I'll it's, give it to him. So, I wanted to well, talk to you about it because I wanted yeah. to see how you guys felt. Yeah, I, I like this album uh, mostly. My The critiques I have are the three Italian songs back to back to back. I didn't enjoy because like I'm cool with Me more too. Italian. 
And especially like if you are only going to put three out of the 17 songs in your native language, spread it out. Like, yeah, pepper it, it in. It's more interesting as a listener if I hear four songs in English, then a song in Italian, then three in English, then, another, you know, like mix it up, not just like, oh, here's tw- the next 12 minutes is in Italian. Um, that being said, I think they're, I think on this album, the best music is their English music. Like, I thought the three Italian songs were okay, but like, the way they attack, especially um, the lead singer, uh, Damiano da- David, I believe his name, he s- sounds better in English doing the in- English enunciation and attacks and phrasing than I think he does on these three Italian language songs. Um, I like the energy and vibe and sound of this band. Like For a rock band to sound like how they actually would sound live on their record granted the best version is the studio record and stuff but you as musicians you can listen to that and be like yep during this guitar break the guitar is playing a solo or some other thing and there's not another wall of guitars happening behind it like they did that on maybe one or two songs they had a rhythm guitar behind the lead guitar but for the most part it was like the drums are being drums, the bass is being bass, the guitar, the one guitarist is being one guitar, and the singing is being singing. Um, uh, the other, I guess another thing that I thought maybe the band will progress to, because I thought the vocals were more enjoyable on this record than in past albums. I feel like uh, Damiano's voice is getting stronger. He has that kind of constant vocal fry thing um, because I guess he has something with his vocal cords that just makes everything have that like kind of droney like thing in the center of it. That's almost like throat singing ish, you know, that that rock and roll rasp, but it's persistent. Um, But there are moments on this where it wasn't great. Most of this album, it wasn't great. There were only a couple moments where I found it exhausting to hear that kind of slight rasp the whole time. Um, Vocally, he it's like the delivery is all medium high to high energy vocals and it is mostly like in this medium high range like there's not stuff lower there's not big screaming stuff high so maybe as a vocalist he'll be able to expand his uh you know, his tools in upcoming releases. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was another thing where as a vocalist, I'm listening to a song and I'm like, okay, and another song where really the vocals is five notes, mm-hmm. which is pop. I mean, it's most of pop music but for right. the last 80 years. So it is what it is, but just going to throw one out there is I say it a lot when we review modern rock records, but the Willow Smith vocal range on her record oh, sure. where she was kind of singing more creative lines mm-hmm. over rock music. Um, yeah. Something like more of on that. I felt that too. Cause I was like, yeah, yeah. a little like, all no. that being said, I really enjoy this record because, fu- like, as far as fun, f- frivolous, flippant rock and roll pop music, like, this is the best thing in that realm that I've listened to that we've reviewed in for as long as I can remember. Because like that Will Smith record is not really at all trying. Will Smith is like, I am trying to be underground alternative. Yes. These guys are like, we are trying to make radio hits. We are trying to unseat the Imagine Dragons of the world. Mm. You know, like 
those bands that I find much more generic and much more like, or, you know, the Chainsmokers and mm-hmm. all these kind the of 2016 that, bands. Yeah, that have their formula of what they do. Like, I get this band's formula. I find it more interesting than other pop rock band formulas of the last five, 10 years. Um, and the fact that they're from Italy, like, maybe they'll keep mixing it up and bringing some more European and world type of flavor into it. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this album overall. It's, I would say, two or three songs too long and mixing up the Italian and more more Italian would have been more interesting. But, like, the hits are hits, man. Like, I mean, I'm not going to go to the, down the track list and whatever, but as far as, like, the first 10 songs, there were, like, two that I was just like, okay, whatever. Because the rest, I'm like, yo, this shit's as, like, pounding and as catchy as that Beggin song, which is, like, was everywhere. That was a ubiquitous yeah. song when that was out. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this is yeah. this is kid rock and roll music. And I like the fact that it's rock and roll, like, not trying to be pop punk, not trying to be, like, weirdy, gothy, hot topic-y. Like, they are very, like, we are glam rock, mm. like, pop songwriters they worked with max martin on a number of these songs who is like look him up max martin swedish producer songwriter who like has written 50 percent of every pop song you've heard in the last 25 years um so i just thought this was very successful and it will be a huge record for them i assume um i'm seeing it's getting you know it's getting a lot of sixes and sevens on review things but what's important is that there will be three or four songs that smash on the radio i assume oh, yeah. from this i think so and too. like that's that's why I make music, I guess. You know. Yeah. Really. Ratings. Ratings. <laughs> start down. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll start. Um, I mean, just being honest, being real, I'm I'm giving this an eight. Yeah, because like I I really enjoyed it. What I really enjoyed about this, I really enjoyed, and my nitpicks are more nitpicks than like uh, this band's whack to me. Like fun rock and roll. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Eight. Oof, I'm going five. Okay. I didn't like yeah. this record. I I just, yeah, I don't know. And it's not for me. And I know it's not for me. And I understand that it's not for me. And, you know, but if I'm being honest, yeah, didn't like this record, man. It's five for me. I'm going to go um, five as well. I think if they concised down what they were trying to do a little more. Um, also, you know, um, I enjoy... Um, I don't really enjoy the sex, drugs, rock and roll thing um, in the modern. I'd rather just have like whatever you're feeling or talking about. Um, so mm. from that, like the real rock and roll image of this band uh, for me on this record was probably what didn't play well with me on it. So I'm going to go five. Let's yeah. give a minute to our resident 25-year-old. Alex, what were your thoughts about this Yeah, record? let's hear it because we're very make, divided. Make that mic nice and loud so we can hear you. So I didn't listen to most of it, but I did listen to two songs while we yep. were sitting here preparing for the podcast. And they just sound like your modern pop rock songs. And mm-hmm. I guess to kind of Mikey's point, it was um, a lot of these albums that are coming out now are like the same thing 10 times to make one big mm-hmm. hit. Right, if they can get one big hit, it achieved what it's gonna do. Like, I mean, yeah. so many of these yeah. have one song that just comes out on top of each yeah. of the albums. Yeah, so. so oh, that's a great thing you're saying too. Like, they kind of stylized like the writing a little bit to be like three songs in this style, three songs in that style, three songs in this style, and if one of them breaks, 
That's the yeah. one. That's not yeah. a. Your, that's, that's pop music, though, man. That's, yeah. but that's how, a, how many nineteen dollar albums did we buy and had oh, two good songs on? So it? many. Yeah. And how many of yeah. those bands did we really or artists did we really like latch ourselves to because we invested nineteen dollars? Right. Into yeah. Because for real, Power Man Five Thousand. Almost yeah. every. Yeah. Right. You're like, almost, I like it. Almost every song. I agree with you that it's bloated. It's a bloated album. But almost every song on this album, you're like, this could be a single. Yeah, it's an album of singles. It's right. not really an al. It's not an album in right. the sort they're of all, like here's this 20, album. You know, they're all twenty twenty four too. Yeah. So yeah. they're all zoomers, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one more thing before we go, thumbs up or thumbs downing uh, the albums on Spotify having entire cap locked. That's just what it album is, man. Titles. It's, it's the world. Oh, I'm just one opinions. Thumbs up, thumbs downs. Do it's we like to the it point now, it? like the artists used to do it to stick out on the playlist, but now all of them do it. So now none of them stick. So out. now it's going to be all because that's what it case. is. It's it's so when the master yeah. mix by Spotify, like all pop today, people scan it. People meaning 12 year olds scan it, and they're like, oh, songs with five letters that are giant. I'll click on that. But now all a song does are like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't. You played like yourself. This. I'm a, Can I get? I give a thumbs down. Thumb, thumbs you know down. what I have to say to you? Stop yelling at me. <laughs> thumbs you. down. Stop yelling at me. Br- bring back the lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase. Yeah, lowercase, I'll take uppercase. that. Bring back the caterpillar. Make file. my eyes go like this. I don't want to go like this. I uh, want to be like, what in the hell? Or is I going? like, I like what every album title has like an exclamation point. Oh, at this the one end. has one. It's, it's giant with exclamation, or it's giant with a period, like the Kendrick Lamar damn album. Yeah. It's all block letters, period, block letter, period, block. It's like uh, <laughs> um, speaking so loudly. Yeah, I know. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> Before we move on from that topic. Rush! That's the name yeah. of the album. Um, let's bring back the emo uh, song title names where it's like a, a really long pun oh, about a fuck, movie. Fucking kill me. Don't I ever do that again. I gave one to Mike today. Follow Up Boys, Grand Theft Autumn. Uh, she she gave me a rose and I gave her my heart to like yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. The that? strangest thing about being this way yeah. is not being that way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, That's a good oh one, Mike. Gosh. Thank you. Um, moving on to our next new yes, album. Yes. This album is by noted songwriter. What's his name, Luke? His name is Mac DeMarco. Yes, it is. <laughs> Mick Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood. Um, no, we have Mac DeMarco and he released a brand new album of instrumentals this album is called five easy hot dogs mark DeMar- demarco <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's no. Already just as fast as i got <laughs> just it call him mac just call him mac uh mac is a artist from canada he has been the indie sensation guitar jangly pop guy for the past couple years now i'd say like 2016 to probably now he was uh blowing up we uh, all know him for smoking cigarettes and being the indie jangle guy. And wearing dad hat, like Fisher hats. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's had some like breakthroughs with two and um, the record before this. Salad Days was Salad a big Days. record. Um, and he's really lived in that indie yeah. um, pitchfork kind of world. Um, Internet famous. Yes. I would say the indie rock were kind of living in now is strongly influenced probably by like his earlier records a lot of people listen to them it's got a lot of like lo-fi um oh, vibes yeah. to it what did you guys think of his latest release five easy hot dogs yo you want me to start yes please please okay so um mac demarco's music in general i've always he's like 
he's like indie rock songwriter who loves like the Grateful Dead and jam bands and like noodly and like that kind of like I'm just a goofy guy who drinks seven cores like kind of flavor <laughs> and like yeah I haven't taken a shower this week yet man but like you know I'll go swimming at some point this week yeah um I've musically I'm kind of cool with it but I don't seek it out if it's on I'm like yeah I mean I, like it's a it's like that kind of wormy guitar tone he has he's like vibrato and chorus and like all this strange kind of wiggly sounds he has a very kind of voice that's cool it's like very everyman voice this album I really enjoyed because I love instrumental music I love mood music I love vibe music <laughs> I love I love like jazzy kind of latin e kind of like world music e stuff um so like i love i love this. this is my favorite thing he's ever made um it's 14 <laughs> tracks 35 minutes long like the instruments on this are like it's all it's all instrumental it's acoustic guitar it's like that muted round bass it's minimal drum set or like drum machine there's like that soft brass type of synth lead there's mm. flutes there's vibraphone there's like little guiro there's a little wood blocks and it's just like very like put it on put it on for your three-year-old to fall asleep to kind yeah, of music yeah like and that is music that i listen to a lot of <laughs> like i have a whole playlist called intro uh, instrumental introspection which is all albums like this where it's like i can put it on i can drive to it i can sleep to it i can play frisbee golf to it like i really i really enjoyed this and i wish there was some singing but i i see the vision and i like the fact that it's all instrumental and it's like little quick two and a half minute songs I'm down with it. This is an album I thought you were going to absolutely hate. Oh, no. Because I thought it was kind of like too, you know, just note one kind of noted. Um, for me, that's how I kind of felt about it. It wasn't my favorite release. Um, Mac DeMarco is kind of someone I've stayed away from mm -hmm. because uh, I'm going to use the term hipster nonsense. Um, and I kind of stayed away because I thought that's my, maybe what it would have been. Alex is giving me the middle finger from the back over there. Um, <laughs> He's just the weed head acoustic version of Ty Siegel. That's exactly. Like he really is. He's the flip side of that Bingo. coin. That's but that's really what it is. And for me, I'm more of like the aggressive like <laughs> rock and roll guy as opposed to like Where's your baby mask? Right. As opposed to like the chill out um yeah. and I like indie uh like lo fi indie stuff, yeah. but um that's kind of where I stand on him. This mm. record was really enjoyable to listen to. It breezed over me like uh, a warm summer day. It wasn't abrasive it was chill like jeff said this is great like background music but mm. for me that's uh my kind of issue i take with it uh maybe if you like release this under like a different project a different band mm -hmm. but having this under your like solo output it kind of makes it and i went back and listened to uh mac demarco and i get it i was missing out and it was a lot of music i did would have liked in the time i like it came out i just didn't enjoy it then uh no stuck up i said it earlier but this is i wanted it to be a little bit more like like push somewhere like maybe like a sax solo or something mm -hmm. or something like that was really like melodically driving it forward mm -hmm. it's a lot of like groove based um chill stuff that really doesn't try to melodically stand out to you mm -hmm. um but th having said that i liked it did you 
like this record? I liked it. I did. I mean, I definitely think... Cause, all right, so the whole thing about this record is is that he was traveling from Los Angeles to New York. So if you look at the track listing, you'll see Vancouver, Edmonton, Chicago, Rockaway, Crescent City, Portland, Victoria, so on. So the idea is is that every one of those is named in the place that he wrote them, sure. right? Um, so you have Vancouver, Vancouver 2, Vancouver 3, Chicago, Chicago 2. You know, the album does play through it, like, you know, in the way that, you know, Luke said, it, it is kind of one-note-esque, but I'm not mad about it. I I like this. I mean, this is that thing where we talk about, like, if something is considered to be background music, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how this played for me. I also found that this was a an interesting album to listen to in contrast to Rush, just because, you know, those were the two records we were kind of A-being. This was kind of like a nice reprieve from that sort of... You know, yeah, a salty yeah. pop rock thing. So that's why I think I really did enjoy this record. You know, I mean, I like that warbly guitar thing where it sounds like it's kind of coming in and out of tune. All kinds of cool effects that are layered over it and stuff like that. It's a cool 35 minutes anyway. So it's like you get to the end of it and you don't really feel like you go, oh, like I kind of wasted time listening to this album. It's just nice. It's like Jeff said, I mean, this is a record. You know, I put it on and I was like doing dishes after dinner one night and I was just kind of like vibing to it. Like, it's cool. It's like if you're, I mean, maybe it's because it's my algorithm because I'm a 33-year-old man. But you ever get those, you know, if you're on YouTube and it's like, this is live right now. Chill hop for studying. And it's like, it's like a koala, <laughs> a koala in is. a hoodie. Like, Eating his eucalyptus. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, or like studying. Like, well, it's like, it's like a, it's like some animal that's sitting in a coffee shop on a rainy day, like flipping <laughs> through it. And it's just like this music that's just constantly okay. going over it. Well, here's where I was just going to ask. I was just going to mention that. So here we go. Um, I, this is my, that's my contention with this record is if I Googled, uh, like lo-fi indie hip-hop to study to and this played right Mm. i would be like yep that's what that is and then i wouldn't look it up again because it was just what i was wanted to you know what i'm saying for that moment yeah yeah. i want i'm this is like studying music so but having said that having his name do you see what i'm saying yeah it makes it like it kind of has this thing where it can be it's anonymous but it has his name on it and he has a name so right, right. if it was like just if this was me, if I made this album, right, and put it out, would it be as as regard? Or, yeah, sure, sure. Or that's kind of like where I'm, I'm at with it. Cause like, so maybe he's like he's set like he's like, well, I'm Mac DeMarco doing this. Well, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying like if to have a record like this to be critically like we're critically reviewing this record. And what I'm saying to you guys is we don't critically review any lo-fi, uh, like, hip-hop, see what Show I'm saying? Up. Yeah, but that stuff is still there. That's what I'm saying, though. You know what it's, I mean. But the yin-yang of that. Yeah, hey. no, I hear One you. is, this one's getting it. critically, you know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. when all that stuff could really be where all the juice and meat really is, and this is a, I, I wouldn't know. That's where I'm, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting being his first solo uh, album in like three and a half years to put this project out. Um, but I think it's also like him musically, like a different angle, a different side of him and kind of getting away from that. I'm a mid 20s goofball who's singing about fishing and heartbreak and all this yeah. stuff. Like I like 
the fact that he chose to do instrumental, like minimalist type music, it's very much sounds like this could be the interstitial soundtrack music of like an indie film or something like a road right. trip movie. You could see this as like the score of a movie like Little Miss Sunshine or something like that. Right. right, right, um, right. And like this, this is so reminiscent of some albums that I listen to um, like Impressions by Brian Green, Music for Home by Brian Green, um, Martin Denny's Exotica albums from like, I think those were in the 60s. Um, who's Hiroshi Yashimura's Green album? Yeah, if you know that one, where that's like keyboard based stuff, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like super, you know, that, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, putting a vibe and a little, a little bit of surrounding of some like triangle and some guiro and some tippy taps to structurally make it a song. Um, but yeah, like mood music, very mood music. What do you, what do you think about this album, Alex? Um. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I when I saw he was releasing a new album, I was really hoping it would have more vocal to it, sure. but I was pleasantly surprised it was more lo-fi. Um I think more of the lo-fi has more electronic to it where this had more natural sounding instruments. Right. Um you know, it did have the like the sounds, mm-hmm. the effects added to it where I did listen to this when I was studying the other night and I was like, "Oh man, this actually fit really well." And mm-hmm. if you would say like look up studying music, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this this is right up my alley." Um, but it did kind of spiral me to look through all of his discography again, listen to it front to back. Yeah. And it is just a new turn for him. It's, mm-hmm. it's much different. So yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. And I will say too, like to your point, I'm all for like an artist making an album that maybe I don't even like to, or mm-hmm. like that's challenging to birth something different later. Um, and I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. This could be just a bridge to that's like kind of songs that he puts out later with, with vocals and now he's like a more mature less strummy strummy um let's hit some reviews alex what do you what are you giving this for a number um i didn't think about it that way but my first honest answer would be it'd probably be an eight i think like salad days to me i love that album it has quite a few of my favorite songs by him that would be like a nine to me where Mm -hmm. this one is really good i appreciate his instrumental um talent quite a bit so i'd give it an eight um, I really like this. I really like music like this. This is like could play at any time of the day type of music. It's gonna fit right in on my twenty nine hour playlist. Um, <laughs> this is this is an eight point five for me. Yeah, and like it could like the the songs, the little tunes I like are gonna grow and grow and grow, and I'm gonna enjoy even more. Right on. Uh, I'm gonna give this a solid seven. It's good background music, man, and I like good background music, mm. and it's good background music. So solid seven for me. I'm gonna go uh, five five. I like a little bit more something I can engage in and grab my you know grab something onto. Uh, that being said, it was you know good chill and relaxing music, but nothing I thought that was like grab me. So right on. Yeah, that's what I got for you. All right, there you have it. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Did you like this uh, Mac DeMarco record? Did you like the... His name is Mike D'Amico. D'Amico, sorry. His name is Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> Mick Fleetwood. Uh, did you like the Monoskin? album i don't know i didn't but you guys might so let us know in the comments below and before you do that like this video and comment and subscribe and tell everybody about this podcast on a railroad tell the tell your local hobo well you know guys it's been a long time since we've chugged off the show oh we're gonna chug yeah why not we haven't chugged see you next time